it's not snowing yet. So you can't use the excuse that it's snowing to get out of doing things. That's just called, you know, there's a lot of people that do that. They like extend the snow days. Like I saw people yesterday that were like just, just getting out and starting shoveling. And I'm talking like late yesterday afternoon, Senator Brakey. Now, were you one of those people? Well, I will say on, on Monday, uh, I was getting ready to leave and, and go off to, uh, to go off to a commitment. And my, uh, my girlfriend and I were thinking, oh, this storm, this is just much ado about nothing. Right, yeah. Until we opened the front door and we realized there was no viable path to actually get to our car. <laughs> it just, it was not happening. No. So it, we, had a, we had a nice day inside. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was good. Now, what time did you finally dig out? Did you, did you wait until Tuesday? Or, or did you try to tackle that late on Monday? Or did you try to keep track of it or go through it the whole day? See, I, <laughs> I think I can learn a lot about a person by the way they handle their big snowstorm. We we I, I finally got out when when I needed to get out to get up to Augusta on Tuesday for work. All right, so you waited until the okay, that's perfect. So you waited until the last possible second and said, "All right, now I'll go deal with all of this." Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's excellent. Senator Brakey joins us here. This is the first time I think you've ever been on the front page of the paper, the headline on the front page of the paper, and then come in that that day. I want to thank Steve Collins for, for the timing on that. Was that it was on really the front good. page? I, it really I hadn't was. looked at it yet. Yeah, it was right right on the front page here. Um, boy, everybody's real excited about this concealed carry thing. I don't know. Just I don't know. I guess they needed a headline today or something, right? <laughs> Slow news cycle, I Slow guess. Slow news cycle, I guess. All the stuff going on. We're concerned about concealed carry expanding. Um, it just... Anything you want to add to this? Or? Well, yeah, sure. If you if you bring up the issue... The, you know, the, I've... As folks know, I was a... I was a sponsor for the constitutional carry law that that the uh, 127th legislature passed. It's about two years ago now. Um, since that time, we have we we you know we heard so much uh, doom and gloom prophecies from kind of the anti-gun folks from the, the Michael- wild west. <laughs> yeah, we were going to be the wild west. We were going to be there were going to be shootouts in our streets. Everyone was going to be you know, the the streets were just going to run with you know a whole bunch of kids born named Wyatt, so they could all be the next <laughs> Wyatt Earp. Yeah. yeah, and and uh, that hasn't happened. Uh, those prophecies have not come true in any regard. In fact, you know, I've I've talked to um, some folks at the Auburn police department and uh you know their one of their complaints is that since uh, we passed constitutional carry and made concealed carry permits optional they've had such a huge spike in requests for concealed carry permits <laughs> you know and it that it's it's uh so it's it's funny you know when we made permitting optional you had some counterintuitive responses to it which we saw happen in other states which is people actually went out and got more training People and well, when they were getting that training uh, to be responsible firearms owners, they said, "Well, I, maybe I should get my permit while I'm at it uh, because I want to be able to carry in other states and have reciprocity there." Um, so, I I have a, a, f- a few bills in to try to clean up some things that got attached kind of in the in the last few hours uh, when this was going through the House of Representatives a few years back. Uh, one of those bills, which is is um, uh, in the Sun Journal today. Uh, is uh, in regards to one of the things that was attached to the bill was setting that this that constitutional carry only applies to individuals once they hit 21 years of age. Uh, between 18 and 21, you can still get a concealed carry permit, um, but until you are 21, you can't carry concealed without a permit. And you know the whole thrust of constitutional carry was just the fact that it, it it's the system does not really make sense. That you would say, okay, you know, we're an open carry state. 
which means that any law-abiding citizen who can legally own a, a handgun can, can carry a handgun. Um, but the moment you put a jacket on, so, uh, um, at least before we pass constitutional carry, you would need to have a permit. Not to carry a gun, but to wear a jacket while, you're, while, while, you, ha while you have a, a gun. And we eliminated that for folks 21 and over, but we maintained that for folks 18 to 20. Um, I don't think that system really makes sense, regardless of age. You know, uh, why, um, if, if, if we're worried about individuals, uh, you know, wanting to do harm to other people, I don't think anyone is going to be stopped by the fact that they didn't get a government permission slip. Uh, to be able to, to carry concealed. If we're worried about people ha having proper training, as we've seen these last two years, training and permit requests have increased since we made it optional. So I don't think the system of you you don't need a permit to carry a gun, but you need a permit to wear a jacket while you're carrying a gun. I don't think that system makes sense regardless of someone's age. We are talking with State Senator Eric Brakey. We'll have more with him on the way. You're listening to The Breakfast Club. It means big seats, 716, 19 degrees. Continuing now with State Senator Eric Brake. You I mean I you've seen my kid more than me recently. Like you've been hanging you've seen my kid at school. You, they they started pushing hedgehog bills. What was all what was all that about? You know, I think I, I got a bunch of sixth graders hooked on hooked on uh, uh, the legislature <laughs> and trying to make a difference in the state. Uh, no, it, it's it's um No, it's it's funny that you bring it up. It's it's been uh well, for those who don't know, uh, I over the last few months, I've been working with a uh, sixth grade class in Mechanic Falls. That your son happens to be uh, a a member of that sixth grade yes. class. Yes, he does. Uh, I I visited uh, visited the class. We did some kind of um, model legislative process, and one sixth grader brought up a, an idea for a bill to uh, make it easier to own hedgehogs uh, as pets. Uh, we're one of only, I believe, eight states in the country that has any restrictions on this. And, and I was uh, really excited to hear uh, a, a sixth grade student propose an idea to actually shrink the size of government and, <laughs> and return freedoms back to people. And the more I researched the issue, the more I, I realized that I, th I thought the sixth grader, I thought she was on to something. So uh, I put in the bill. Uh, the sixth grade class came up to testify before the Committee on Inland Fisheries and Wildlife. It was a a really wonderful educational opportunity for them, and um, uh, yeah, it was. It's and, and right now um, we were actually told that the department is planning to to make the change, and uh, the bill's currently tabled for now and, until we uh, uh, see the next actions by the department. But but yeah, these uh, these sixth graders really you know making making a difference, advocating for something that they believe in, and and it's a good educational opportunity for them and and for everyone that. You know, no matter uh, uh, how big or small you are, or, or how big or small your ideas are, that you know, we have a, a citizen legislature. We have a, a government that is supposed to be accountable to the citizenry as well. And you can you can present your ideas, and you can make a difference. Wow, the spirit of liberty lives on through the sixth grade <laughs> class out at Mechanic Falls. Fantastic. We're talking about State Senator Eric Brakey. Coming up, we're going to be talking a little bit better about criminal justice reform and much more. You're listening to the Breakfast Club on Maine's Big Z. Be tough to live forever. How would you ever save for retirement, Senator Brakey? How would that work? I just don't know. If you live forever, I guess you'd have to work forever. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much how that would work. I guess that'd be wild. You ever get capped? Maybe you could get capped out on. I, I don't know. That would be, just be terrible. Anyways, 
Lynn Fever would be the worst. We continue now with Senator Brakey. We've talked about uh, his his uh, his headline maker this morning in the paper. Uh, also talked about hedgehogs. Um, let's talk a little bit about criminal justice reform. Yeah, I think last time I was on, geez, it's been a few months now, but uh, we spoke a little bit about this. But um, but uh, since that time, I've I've put in a bill that would make us uh, create a process whereby individuals who have been convicted of nonviolent crimes, um, certain nonviolent crimes, and they've served their time, and they're five years, they've been five years out of out of prison. It would, it would create a process whereby they, if they haven't reoffended, they haven't uh, gotten into any additional trouble with the law, they can apply to the same court where they were convicted to potentially have their records expunged. Um, and this is actually modeled after a law that was recently passed in the last few years in Kentucky, signed by the Republican uh, Republican governor there into law and, and pushed in a very bipartisan way in, in the legislature there. Um, I want to see if that's something we, we, we can look at here because I think that as a, as a society, you know, we... We have, you know, we have crimes, and and you and you and you you do the crime, you serve the time, but we should also be a society that believes in second chances, you know, particularly when we're talking about nonviolent crimes. Um, oftentimes, someone has this on their record, and it follows them around for the rest of their life. I know I've talked to constituents who 20, 20 years later, um, they've just been trying to live their life. Uh, work, work a job, take care of their family. They haven't had any additional problems. Um, you know, sometimes it was just a stupid mistake they made when they were 18 or 19 years old. Uh, but yet they have that black mark on their record for the rest of their lives. It, it makes it incredibly difficult for them to find a job, it makes it incredibly difficult for them to just, to just live their life and get on with it. And I know for some people it, it can contribute to recidivism. You know, when, when you can't find economic opportunity, when you can't, uh, when you can't get that second chance, uh, it, it's very easy to slide back into old habits. And that's something we really want to, want to avoid happening. So this is something that I've, I've, I've sponsored. We have um, co-sponsors on both sides of the aisle, from very conservative Republicans to very progressive Democrats and to moderates in between. Hopefully we'll see, just like we saw in Kentucky, we can get some bipartisan support for this very important issue. Um, what do you have left to do on welfare reform? Well, there's, uh, of course, I'm, I'm continuing my work as uh, Senate Chairman for the Health and Human Services Committee, and welfare reform has always been one of my biggest priorities. It's what I campaign on both election cycles and what I've, I've, I've been working very hard on. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, this also tends to be an issue we see sometimes some partisan knuckle dragging on. But, uh, but, there's, but I have some bills in to try to uh, put restrictions in place so that Maine welfare benefits are, are spent in Maine. Uh, you know, we've seen, uh, we've looked at the data and we've seen that with Maine EBT cards, they're being used in all 50 states across the country, including in places like Disney World and Las Vegas casinos. And, and that, that needs to end. That's not appropriate. That's not what, when uh, people... So this is, is this different from the one, you guys had passed a law where there's certain establishments where you can't use these funds. This one is actually going to restrict it to the state. Is that what the difference so, is? Um, so, yeah. So, and this has been proposed in the past and it's tended to die along party lines. Um, but, but yeah, uh, so I have, I have a bill in that would say that Maine EBT cards should be used in Maine. 
maybe with some exceptions, you know, there may be cases where someone's fleeing because of a domestic violence situation. We can make exceptions and carve outs. But for the most part, uh, a, you know, welfare dollars should not be used to supplement someone's vacation budget. In fact, if you have money to take a vacation, maybe you're not in the desperate straits uh, <laughs> that, that, would qualify people people for, for welfare benefits. But there's some other uh, really valuable reforms that are being proposed, too. I know the LePage administration is applying for a waiver uh, to uh, with the Trump administration to try to make some changes to the Medicaid program, incorporating many of the successful reforms we've done in other welfare programs in the state, like work requirements and, and uh, um, uh, work requirements and things that really encourage people to, to, to get out there and, and, and try to be independent, um, trying to incorporate some, some of those things into the Medicaid program, which we just have not been able to, uh, with the Obama administration, we had not been able to get a, a partner in trying to make some of these reforms. Maybe now we'll have an opportunity. Talking with State Senator Eric Brakey. We'll have more with him on the way. You're listening to The Breakfast Club, Maine's Big Z. Wrapping up, final segment with State Senator Eric Brakey joining us now. We've talked about welfare reform. We've talked about criminal justice reform. We've talked about the Second Amendment. We've talked about hedgehogs. How's, um, you know, one thing I, I, uh, we're talking about here recently, the, uh, the marijuana moratorium was done until February of 2018. What does that moratorium mean for folks, and what is going to be accomplished with this over the next year? What, what is it going to look like, you think, in, in February of 2018? Yeah, well, there's a couple things to know, um, especially especially people should know how what the current law is, what they can and can't do, and, and how that um, any of these changes may affect their personal choices. One thing to know is that as of January 30th, I, I think it was, but as, as at least as of currently, right now, it is currently legal in the state of Maine for adults over the age of 21 to cultivate, possess, and use cannabis um, uh, for their own personal use or to share that with other adults um, as long as there's no sale that is, that is going on there. Um, what, what has been, uh, uh, what will not be legal until February of next year will be retail sales. Uh, so the, over the course of this next year, the legislature has the opportunity and the regulatory agencies involved have the opportunity to create the legal structure under which retail sales can be done legally. And that's what this period of, of, the, next year, of the next year is going to, going to be all about. There are unanswered questions that, that will need to be handled for even as simple as what agencies are going to be the regulatory bodies that, that over, oversee uh, this and now the the referendum stated that should be the Department of Agriculture, but there are some, including the governor, who feel that um, uh, the Bablo, which is the uh, agency that regulates uh, alcohol, is better better suited to uh, to that. And I think that's that's an argument we're going to hear. I think those are kind of some of the nuances that I, I I don't think most people care about whether it's Department of Agriculture or or the department or 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 the the alcohol agencies. But, but those are some questions that the legislature is going to be working on. But then the, the, the whole framework of, you know, what, what are the regulations around these businesses? Um, how can, what can we do to m make sure we're doing the very best we can in a legal market to make sure that we are uh, 
keeping these um, substances away from from uh, individuals under the age of 21 who don't have a, a medical condition that would qualify them for the for the use of cannabis. These are some of the questions we'll be we'll be working on the next year. You think there's going to be some earmark stuff out there for you know you'll have extra PSAs on you know. <laughs> 21 means 21 for that stuff you know what i mean well you never know there's going to be there's going to be a lot of money involved i mean with uh, you know what do we see in in colorado they've seen what like a billion dollars in in uh in in sales over the last year so that means a lot of tax revenue we're going to see a lot of tax revenue i'm sure there's going to be a lot of ideas on where that tax revenue might go you know that's where you see the special interests start to line up with their hands out everyone wants a piece of this new revenue stream so that's going to be a, bi- a big part of it too um wouldn't have been cool if instead of doing that three percent raise on the two hundred thousand, they just took part of the funds from marijuana and put that towards education and actual education funding wouldn't that have been a nice little thought instead I, of like just tapping three percent onto the highest earners? I think that's actually part of the discussion right yeah. now. Is may, maybe so, that would uh, be a nice offset. Yeah, maybe some or all of the funds from from the uh, from marijuana sales could be used to uh, could could be used for for education funds to uh, instead of creating this new tax on on people. What an uh, interesting irony that would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talking with State Senator Brakey, wrap it up for the day. We'll see you next month. Absolutely. We'll see if you see me or my kid before then. I don't know. <laughs> I, hopefully he doesn't have any other bills that he wants to push through. We'll, we'll see. These sixth graders are pretty empowered they, right now. Pretty, who knows yeah. Who knows what else they'll come up with next? Yeah, you, They'll be running for governor in the 2030s. You never know. <laughs> 755, 20 degrees, Maine's Big Z.